Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Praise God. Can you imagine what it's going to be like to be around the throne room of God one day? Glory to God. With the saints of God, the family of God, and angels. 10,000 times, 10,000 times, 10,000. Exalting the name of our God. Father, we exalt you this morning. We give high praise and honor and glory to you. You are so good. You are so very good. We bless you and exalt you and raise your name. Jesus said... If the people won't praise me, I'll cause the rocks to cry out. Oh, Lord, we would not let a rock. I'm not going to let a rock. I'm not going to let a rock take the praise and give the praise to you. Blessing and glory and honor be unto you. We exalt you and magnify you. You are worthy. You are worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. We glorify your holy name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for all that has been said and will be done, Father God. We pray that all that will be said and done will glorify you and to exalt you, Father God, and will exalt the kingdom of God. I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice has a heart to hear and ears, a heart to receive and ears to hear the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Any spirit that's not of God, I put you on notice. Get out in the name of Jesus. That the word may go forth and it will produce even at this time, the 30, the 60 and the hundredfold. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this is the day. We are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. And Father, we glorify you, magnify you, praise you and worship you. Glory be to his name. Amen. You may be seated and we'll let the children go to children's church. Praise God. And Jack will be Jack. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. How are y'all? Everybody happy? Huh? If you're happy and you know it, say what? Y'all didn't go to Sunday school? If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it, eat ice cream. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Amen. Good to have Wayne and Donald here this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. They're overcomers. Amen. Good to be healed, isn't it? And I... um, I wish I could have been here last week, but I tell you, I appreciate uh, Brother Levi taking the service for me. Actually, I was on the way to go see Donna Saturday morning. I got up and I was feeling a lot better than I had been feeling. And I said, I'm going to go and get on the road and get back. And uh, got a shower and got out and dropped something. And I went, reached to get it, and there went a week by. <laughs> <laughs> something went pop and something moved. And uh, I screamed like a girl. Uh, <laughs> 
with a finger in a mouse trap or something like that. Amen. But I got to see the service, and uh, I appreciate uh, the prayers and uh, the text that I got. I uh, got one from Bill in Maryland, and Marilyn was texting me, and she said, uh, Bill's wife, and she said, uh, she started encouraging me with a word. That's how she started off with a word. She said, you know this because this is what we got from you. She said, now, now take that word and get healed. And she said, and get up and get you some ice cream now. <laughs> I'm reading it, but it was a command. So I, I, I mustered my strength together and I got up and she said, Michelle, so what are you doing? I said, looking for ice cream. She says, you don't need ice cream. I said, you tell Marilyn that. <laughs> she said, get some ice cream. Hallelujah. Well, I was going to sit down, but I, I've decided I'm going to stand up. Hallelujah. Taking ground. Taking ground. Taking ground. Hallelujah. Can I read some, can I read some scriptures to you? St. John chapter 1. That is in the Bible. Now we know that you have ears to hear because we've already declared it. Don't ever alter the word. Brother Copeland was quote, uh, quoting this week. I was listening to him. He was quoting Brother Hagin, something he learned from Brother Hagin years ago. And he said this. Brother Hagin said it this way. He says, don't ever alter your lifestyle to fit the word. No, it's backwards. But I want you to get that. Don't ever alter the word to fit your lifestyle. See if y'all are listening. Huh? Don't ever alter... You, you know, you're the word of God to fit your life. Alter your life to fit the word. Amen. Verse one, chapter one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God in the same in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Now we, we understand. I think you do. Who's the him? Jesus is the word, Right. When it says in the beginning was the Word, he's talking about the Son of God, Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same in the beginning. All things were made by him, or all things were made by Christ. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, in the life that was the light of men. And this light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That's an important verse. You ought to really get that. You ought to meditate on that. Um, you know, the Amplified really helps it. It says, well, I'll hook four and five up and Amplified, then we'll go back. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The word life, as you know, is the word zoe. It means the life of God, the nature of God. We could, we could call it the DNA of God. It's what make, it, what's, the DNA is the essence of God. It's what makes God, God. Now listen, don't forget that. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. In other words, he put that life, that nature, and he put that DNA into men. Two of you got that. I said you have the life and the nature of God in you. Not, not, not just in the Godhead, it's, it's in you. And the light shines on the darkness. The Amplified says, for the darkness has never overpowered it. The darkness has never put the light out or absorbed it or appropriated it and is unreceptive to it. Amen. 
the power of the light, the power of the life of God. Now I'm going to skip down a few verses. And it says, verse 10, he was in the world, Jesus. In other words, Jesus came into the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as will receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Someone asked me one time, say, are, are, are you, are you uh, Roaring Doris's son? I says, in the earth, yes. But before I was a son to my natural parents, when I was born again, I was a son of God. I don't know what that means to you. I, I don't even know what to do when I read that verse. I don't know if I want to shout, cry, lay down, laugh, uh, roll on the floor, or whatever. To many as received them, he gave you the power to become a son of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, Jesus, he was made flesh. In other words, this is talking about the incarnation of Christ. Incarnation means just simply invested in flesh, or Jesus, or Jesus left heaven, came to the earth, and invested himself in a fleshy body. Okay? He took on flesh. The Word was made flesh. And this Word dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. Full of grace and full of truth. And verse 16 said, Of His fullness have we all received grace for grace. Grace for grace. The Amplified even makes it even better. It says, Of His fullness... Of his abundance we have all received, all had a share, and all supplied with one grace after another, one spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift. Philippians chapter 2. If you're following along in chapter 2, in verse 5, Paul says, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Can you understand the enormity of what was just said here? Let the mind of Christ Jesus be in you, in your mind. How do we race to that place? How do we rise to such a place? Letting this mind be in us, the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Is that obtainable? Can we actually lay hold of the reality of of possessing the mind of Christ. It said, but he made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and he was made in the likeness of men. Being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the death, even to the death of the cross. Wherefore, see, since he, since he made himself of no reputation, because he made himself a servant. Now you understand that we're not, we're we are servants, but there's a higher order to us in the body. We, we've already read we're sons of God. You're not really a servant in, this, in such as you are a son. You're a son who takes on the servant's heart. 
A son has the heart to serve. But you serve out of your sonship. You're not God's employee. If you want to be honest with you, actually he works for you more than you work for him. Because without him, you're not doing anything anyway. Are you, are you with me? So we need to know who we are to have proper identity. Praise God. Verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. So we see the importance of humbling. Humbling ourselves. See ourselves as in low estimation in our own eyes. And we humble ourselves as he did, and, he, and Jesus became obedient to the death all the way to the death of the cross. The word that was made flesh, the one who created the universe, came to the earth as a human, lowered himself as a servant of mankind, lowered himself into a place to where he would take on death, a cruel death, and die a sinner's death from one who never sinned. Because he was willing to humble himself so low, the Lord hath brought him so high, where hath God hath highly exalted him, and hath given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but also much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. I want to say something to you. If you're not listening, just go over. Someone says, what is the will of God? Well, here it says, the will of God is to will and to do his good pleasure. What is the will of God? Well, we read in John 1, then in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything that was made was made by the Word, and nothing was made without the Word. Amen? Here's what the Word is. Jesus Christ is the will of God. Jesus is the will of God. Jesus said, I didn't come to do, seek my own will. I came to do the will of the Father. The will of the Father. So Jesus is the will of God. Have you received Jesus into your heart? You have received the will of God. The will of God is living in you right now. The will of God is energizing you right now. The will of God is living His life big in you right now. Greater is the will of God in you than the will of the one outside of this world. The great, large, enormous will of God is being lived in you and being lived through you. For it's in him, Paul said, that we live, we move, and we have our being. Thank God for that the will of God. Jesus is the will of God. And I have Jesus. And I have the will of God. The will of God is walking in me every day. Amen. Through me every day. Speaking through me. Teaching through me. Healing through me. Encouraging others through me. What is? Jesus, the will of God. Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. But the scripture says he was the firstborn among, among many brethren. He was 
in the order he was called the last Adam. Adam, we know what happened to Adam. But God came, had the plan, restored mankind back to himself through the precious blood of Jesus. We heard the gospel, the good news. We received the good news, so we received the will of God. God has restored us back into a perfect harmony and gave us peace with him by the peace that's in the blood of Jesus. The peace, above, the, the peace, then the blood of Jesus pacifies. You are in great harmony with the Father this morning because of the blood of Jesus. Father, we plead the blood this morning. I plead the blood over every individual here, over their families, their children, their grandchildren. I plead the blood. The precious, precious blood of Jesus. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. There's cleansing power. There's pacifying power. There's strength in the blood. There's healing in the blood. There's sanctification in the blood. There's salvation in the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. We plead the blood. We plead the blood over this city and over this state and over these United States. We plead the blood over our president and our vice president and their families, the Congress and the Senate, and over the plans of God that you have for this nation. I want to get to my message today, the one that I pray that will bless your heart. And I'm tell you on the front end because the Lord told me he said today I will confirm my word with signs following Second Corinthians chapter 1 2 Corinthians chapter 1 got to talk to brother Matt this morning he's uh be back Late tomorrow night from India, he said, tell everyone hi. And he asked me to give you a report. He said, please don't tell them not post anything because we're not allowed to do that right now to the Global Ventures, does it? He said, but we had uh, approximately 11,500 salvations and 170, 170 documented miracles. Punch. <laughs> Reinhard Bunke would say what? He would say populating heaven and plundering hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, if, if hell was a business, and it's a hell of a business. Yeah, I'm sorry, your halo's kind of tilted there. Get your, get your, get your halos back up straight, you know. Huh? That would be a loss to take. That's just one. That's just one event in, that took place in the earth. Hell is losing on every side. Did you hear what I said? I said hell is losing on every side. They're losing health. They're losing strength. Amen. They're overworked. Well, they are. 
See, you have to understand what Barbara's talking about the word and get in the word because when something strikes out at you and whatever here it is, could be in your most realm, could be in the, in the financial realm, could be in your family, could be in your physical body. But every time you speak the word, it's like, it's like a lash to him. It's like putting Jesus on the post and, and the beating he took. Every time you speak the word of faith to Satan, it's, it's, it's punishment to him. How do we know that? Jesus spoke the word in the wilderness. He couldn't stand it. The, the, the third time that he spoke the word of God to Jesus himself, Satan left. He couldn't take them more. Hmm? They weren't arm wrestling. Huh? They, they weren't doing judo. He was just simply releasing the power of the spoken word into that situation. And, and, and we don't know that or we forget that. And so we just think, you know, I'm speaking the word, but I still feel like this. Well, I, I understand how you feel to some degree today. Amen. But I know this. This word, nothing changes it. And no one will ever change it. So if you want to afflict some pain and suffering upon the kingdom of darkness, just proclaim the word. Just decree the word. Just speak the word. The centurion came to Jesus and he said, he said, my, my servant lies home sick unto death. And, and immediately Jesus said, uh, well, well, I would come healing, but I, I don't heal everybody. No, I'm sorry. He didn't say that. Or he said, I, I would heal him, but I don't do that on Thursdays. No, I didn't. No, no, no I was wrong. That's a wrong translation. He, he said, I, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, no, don't come, don't come to my house. I, I'm not even worthy that you would come under my roof. He said, if you would just speak the, if, if you will of God would just speak the will of God to my servant, your word travels. You don't even have to be in the room. You don't have to lay hands on them. You don't need a bottle of anointing oil. You don't need 47 people to agree with you. You don't need a prayer chain starting at 1 o'clock this morning. If you just speak the will of God, will of God, my servant over there will be healed and he'll never look at you. He says, because I'm a soldier. And I have men under me. I have a hundred men under me. And I send people to places all the time to come and go. I don't go those places. They go because I, I give my word. I speak my word and they go under the authority of that word. He said, your, your authority far extends beyond any human's authority that I've ever heard or seen. So if you would just speak your word, please don't come to my house. It would be an honor, but I'm not worthy that you would come under my roof. Speak the word will of God and he'll be healed. Jesus said to a man who had no covenant with him, I have not found great faith like this anywhere in Israel. A man who doesn't even have a covenant with me. The man went home exceedingly glad. Well, why was he glad? Because he hadn't got to check up on it, see how it worked. And they couldn't send him back a text. And they couldn't do FaceTime. Whatever time they call it. 
He got home and his servant was up. He inquired and he said, at this time yesterday is when he began to rise up and amend. And he said, that's the same time Jesus, the word, spoke the word and the word 10720, Psalm 10720 says, He sent the word and it, the word, healed him. What if you're speaking all kinds of words? So you, you, the, the sower sows the word. The sower is supposed to choose what he wants to plant, what he wants to plant, right? I, I, I don't have to be with you to know what you planted. Because I can wait a few weeks, two, three months, come back to your house, look in your garden, and I will see what you decided to plant. Hmm? Because it's supposed to be a harvest. But if you plant multiple things, you can't expect to have, if you plant corn and okra and cucumbers and potatoes and all in the same hole, I don't know what you're going to get. Probably nothing or a mess. Hmm? If she comes to take your order and you keep changing it, it's a mess. I'll have the roast beef and potatoes. No, wait, I'll have the quesadilla. She goes, no, no, wait, ho, ho, ho. I'll have a grilled cheese and some soup. Oh, I'll come back. I, I, I think I'll have salad bar. You're either going to get nothing or you're going to get everything and have a, ha- a large bill. I don't, I don't know which one it is. <laughs> So you have to be single-worded and single-minded. In other words, you have to make a decision. Well, what's the worst can happen? You'll die. I don't know if you know one told you, you're going to anyway. I don't know if you read that far in the book, but you do. Right? Different times, different ages, whatever. But finish your course. Finish your course. Amen. Well, what if they, what if someone, someone did? Well, well, they did. Okay. What about it? Hmm? I know enough about medical stuff now, which I appreciate. I, I appreciate that we have something, but I know enough about it just with me to know it's a confused mess. And if you're going to go in the hospital, you need to have some help in there. Because you might think you're going to get your left foot worked on, and, and you may end up, if you're a man, you may end up a, a woman by Thursday that gets you in the wrong operation. <laughs> and it was just your toe. It was the ingrown toenail. <laughs> huh? And you went in as Clark, and you came out as Clara. <laughs> <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter one, the original amplified, not the classified, but I think the original one says, Grace to you and peace. Enter calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse says, Blessed, gratefully, praised and adorned by the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. The Father of mercies. 
the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts and encourages us in every trouble. Now, I was given this verse to give you today because this is what he's going. He said, this is the verse right here that I will confirm today. I will comfort you and I will encourage you in every trouble that you have today. So that you will be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble. Can anyone honestly say that we got a little trouble at the, around the farm? Good word, people. No one. It's just, just two honest people in the room. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You and I pray together at the church. Yeah. Amen. I've always wondered through the years why I'm the one doing the ministry when I'm the one with all the trouble. No one knows what I'm talking about. It's like, well, why am I? Why, why am I preaching? <laughs> Since you've already figured it out, huh? Maybe you've made your condition your new life. Oh. So now it's, you say, well, no, this is just how life is now. So you start at that point. Hmm. I'm talking about back before. I'm talking about coming back into the full restoration of things. I'm talking about before the scars. Before the hurt. Before the pain, before the suffering, before the setback. I'm talking about before then. Hmm. Now you're wearing the scars. And carrying what time has done. But God is the God of all time. And if you just listen to the voices of those, I mean, like, a doctor told me, he says, well, this is just an old injury. He says, just expect it to get worse and worse. Well, I mean, in, in, in natural things, I mean, if, if a parts are, are hurt and they're gone and they're missing, you know, they don't grow like that. You can't go to Walmart or Sears and say, I'd like to have a new spine. Or I'd like to have a new liver. Hmm? I'm ordering new nerves in my body. You ever saw someone had a nerve transplant? So what are you going to do then? Hmm? I was talking to someone in Africa yesterday. And, uh, and in another country, and they were talking about, see, the thing with us, they said, Pastor, the thing with us is, we don't have your choices. We have no choice. If we get what you got, we either get healed by faith in God or we suffer and we die because there is no help. There is no medical doctors. There are no dentists. If we do our surgery, we do it without any type of anesthesia. We use pliers, I guess, or my scripts. I don't know. Huh? You see, even though it's been a blessing to have medical science and, and help, and I'm not against that, but, but I'm just saying perhaps it's crippled us. 
perhaps we haven't pressed into the place that we should have because we had too many choices. Perhaps we pressed in when we was given no other choice, but we waited to the end instead of building our house in the beginning. Hmm? Hard, hard to build your life in a storm. I mean, there's a carpet right here. You ever went out there and laid a foundation with an F3 tornado coming up around? No, he, he said he's never done that. He's been doing it for years, but he's never done that. You wouldn't recommend it, I'm assuming. No. So, Jesus said, don't wait till the storm comes. Build your life right now. Build your faith right now. Some say, well, I, I, I just wish I had the ministry like Smith Wigglesworth. Really? You wish you did? Because here's what you may not know about him. No one really wanted to be around him. He's too rough for him. He didn't want a newspaper in his house. He didn't want a magazine in his house. If there had been TVs, he didn't want it. He said, get that damnable stuff out of my house. They said, well, how, how long do you pray, Smith Wordsworth? He said, never pray very long. They said, well, how long is it before you pray? He says, he, he said, I, I usually pray 10 to 15 minutes. They said, well, we would have thought with your kind of ministry that you would just pray can, you know, long periods of time. He said, no, I never pray over 10, 15 minutes. He said, but I never go over 30 minutes without praying. What's he saying? I'm always in communication with heaven. Because the calamities and the tribulations of life come when they come. And I have no time to get ready. So I live it ready. What am I talking about? I'm talking about practicing the presence of the Lord. Practicing His presence. Practicing His presence. Where you're always aware. You're always having, let this mind be in you, which was in Him. So He said, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts you and will encourage you in every trouble so that you will be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble with the comfort with which you are comforted by God. You can't give something to someone that you do not possess. If you are in fear, you're not going to cast the spirit of fear out of your neighbor. If you're confused about the will of God, you're not going to pray the prayer of faith for someone else because you don't know it, right? You can't do and give what you don't have and what you don't possess. You can only give out of. The, 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 the measure, the full, John talked about the, the full measure that was given to Christ. I, I believe the same measure was given to us, the body of Christ, although I don't know anyone who's w walked in all of it. I believe it's available to all of us, the full measure of it. But it's the part of the measure that you... Of, well, how can I say it this way? It, it, it's, it's there. It's, it's, it's all available. But it, it's the part of, of the measure of the grace of God and the gifting of God and that you are willing to protect. The part that you're not willing to compromise your life and your lifestyle is the part that you possess.
the part of you who does not give its life to the life of the Spirit, I'm sorry, but it does not belong to the Father. It belongs to the other. You can't cast a devil out of someone when you give place to the same one, the same devil. If, if you submit to darkness, you won't cast the spirit of darkness out. You have no authority there. Because you haven't yielded to that place. You're a man trying to live or a woman trying to live in two worlds. You have a knowledge, but really just a tingling symbol. Thank God that we have the God of mercies and the God of comfort. It's the, it's the, it's the will of God. Jesus, the will of God who wants, who wants to comfort his people, to encourage you this morning. And he wants you to know that he is the father of all mercies. Thank God for the mercy of God. Blind Bartimaeus, a beggar, a beggar, a beggar every day of his life, a beggar, people passing by him because they're not living his life. But he heard of Jesus. And he heard Jesus was coming to his town. And he was on the roadside every day begging. And he heard of this Jesus, and here he comes. And here comes the whole crowd. And he yells to the top of his lungs. He says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy. Have mercy. And his Jesus' disciples said, shh, be quiet. You're out of order in church. This is the Son of God. He said, that is Jesus? He said, yeah. He said, Jesus! <laughs> Even louder, right? He didn't want to miss his appointment. Have you missed your appointment? He said, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus a, a question, which you think is just silly. He said, when he came, he said, come. He said, what do you want? I mean... Come on, Jesus, get a clue. But he wants to hear your request. He wants it to come from your, he wants it to come from your heart. He wants to hear your words. He said, I, I, I want to see. We don't really understand that because we see. But some of you have lost ground in some areas and you've lost it for quite a while. What Barbara was saying. And you back, you remember back when I could do this and the thoughts have come, you'll never do that again. You're past that now. You'll never gain that ground again. Well, blind Bartimaeus doesn't believe it no more. Lamentations 3, 22 through 25 says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Wow. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. You haven't reached the end of it. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness and His mercies begin afresh every morning. He said, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. <laughs> He's my inheritance. <laughs> my, my hope's in Him. Who? Uh, Jesus, the will of God. 
made flesh. My Lord is my inheritance. Did you get an inheritance? Yeah, yeah. They, they gave me the old uh, AMC Pacer. Well, some of y'all ain't know what a Pacer is, but anyway. You inherited the Lord. You inherited the Lord. What do you do with something like that? You inherited the Lord. Oh my God. Shut the front door. <laughs> you inherited the Lord. <laughs> so I have hope in Him. I guess you do. <laughs> you inherited the Lord. Huh? <laughs> my gosh. Do you see this? I, mean, I don't know how y'all read the Bible. You're just like, I read the Bible. They said in a year, I read it in four months. You didn't get anything. Here, let's give you a bad. The Lord is good to all those who depend on Him. Woo, anybody depending on Him today for anything? Huh? I know I am. I don't want to be independent. I'm very dependent. I'm very dependent. You can do something so long that, you know, you, you, you get developed into somewhat. And I mean, when I started off my first time in ministry, I mean, I won't believe this point because you've all heard it, but it's true. My first sermon, I was terrified. Someone said, I said, I have butterflies. They said, well, I'll just try to get rid of them. I said, I can't. And then one guy said, well, then get them in formation. <laughs> Man, I, I told everything I knew in 14 minutes. I can't even give you my title in 14 minutes now. But 14 minutes is all I could do. And we, uh, I started the church because I was still operating the floor cover store. So uh, we, we had a little thing set up there, and we was in there. And then I'd go in the warehouse, and my first sermon as a church, I gave it to everyone who I felt had to be there, my family. And then two people came who didn't have to be there, and I, I figured someone paid them. But I didn't know. <laughs> And I was terrified, and I went to the warehouse, and there was rolls and rolls of, you know, carpet padding, and then I, I sat down on them, and then I fainted. Terrified. And I said, oh, my God, I've started a church, and I, now I can't stop it. Oh, my God. And I passed out. Terrified. But just be willing to do something terrible until you can do it good. That's why I'm still working. I ain't got the good parts yet. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Amen. But the Lord's good to all those who depend on Him. Well, that was my point. So in those days, oh, you talking about church time? I didn't look forward to it. I dreaded it. Because here it was again. People, people come sit down and see what you got. It's like, oh, God, see what I got. Uh, nerves, butterflies. Hmm. Well, I had a great dependence on the Holy Spirit. Oh, a great dependence on the Holy Spirit. Hmm? Do you still have, before you answer, do you really have a great dependence on Him? Before you answer. Here's how I know you know. What's He been telling you the last 72 hours? If it's nothing, it's because you ain't been talking to him. 
which means you've been trusting in the arm of flesh. First time I read Smith Wigglesworth, it offended me. He said that you've been walking with God for two days and you're in the same place. He said, my God, man, you backslid. I said, tell me that meant two decades. He said two days. If you've been walking with God for two days, he said, if you're in the same place with God, he says, then you ought to get on your knees because you're backslid. That was like a, one of the old commercials, he hits you with a dish or something, slap you, said, thanks, I needed that. <laughs> wow. But his faithfulness never ends. His mercies are new every day. Before I got out of bed this morning, I said, Father, I thank you for the grace that you have for this day. And all that will be said and done, thank you for the grace to go through this day. I now need the grace to get out of this bed. I need the grace to get showered. I need the grace to get dressed. I need the grace to speak. I need the grace to minister. I need grace to breathe. I need grace to things I never thought I would need grace for. I need grace for. And here's what it is. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace to find grace and and mercy in the time of your need. Amplify says, come in just when you need it. Get well-appropriated help. He said, I will comfort you and I will encourage you. I am the Father of mercies. All right, let me get to my message today. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. You know that verse. I'm, I'm sure you do. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Has your mind been tormented? Are you dealing with emotional issues? Has your situation caused turmoil when you lay down at night and you put your head on the pillow and you begin to think about life and you begin to think about the future and if it's bringing thoughts that disturb you, will I be able to do this? How long can I do this? Do I have the health to do this? Do I have the finances to do this? Am I going to be able to retire? Am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to do this? No one here has ever had those thoughts, but maybe one of us. I mean, I had the thought one time. It's a foreign thing, I know, but hmm? he said, "But I will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind stayed on thee, because you you trust in me." In Hebrew, the term "perfect peace" is actually this: shalom, shalom. You in Israel, they would greet you that way. They see, they would say shalom. Perfect peace actually is. This scripture, he says, if you'll trust in him, he will give you double peace. If peace won't get it by itself, he said, I'll double up on you. Mm. Some who have this peace but it's fleeting. They haven't kept it. 
The only reason why we don't keep it is because the way we got it, it was by having our minds stayed in Him. Trusting in Him. Trusting in Him. Perfect peace, the Lord keeps you whose mind is stayed on Him. This is where perfect peace is located. No, no, nowhere else. Nowhere else. The world can't give it. Jesus told His disciples before He left, He says, He says, I'm going to leave my peace with you. My, my peace. He says, not as the world. He said, the, the world can give you no peace. He said, the world has zero peace to give you. Zero. If you look up the word stayed, where he says, whose mind is stayed on you, stayed just simply means to be established and to be settled. It's, it's a, it's a place where, you, a resting place. It's a place that you lean into. Like you can lean against the podium here. I can rest here. Hopefully this podium is established. You could rest up against the wall or a, a post because it's established. It's a strength. He said, if your mind, you're stayed upon yourself, your problems, your circumstances, your feelings, your emotions, Satan will rob you of the perfect peace that actually belongs to you. Proverbs 3, 5 expresses the same idea which says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. It's the same word. The same word. In Proverbs 3, it's the same root words as stayed in um, Isaiah 26, 3. Same word. So when you trust in Him, and you lean not on your understanding. That word lean, same word as the word stayed. If you want to go all the way back to the old covenant when they would bring the, the animal for a, a sacrifice for their sins, the priest would put a steady hand after he accepted the animal if it didn't have any blemish, and they would, they would put a firm hold on that animal, that lamb, as they slit its throat for the blood to be applied for your sins. Well, of course, an animal, knowing what's about to happen to him, is trying to move, but the priest would hold its head firmly and he would lean in with his weight. And the Lord said, if you will lean into me, if you'll come in here and get steady, if you'll fix your gaze upon me, if you'll look at me, if you'll lean in and not trust your mind, don't trust what they're telling you. Don't trust the news. Don't trust the media. Don't even trust what your feelings tell you. Don't trust your own emotions. But if you'll lean into me and trust in me, I will give you double shalom. So when we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, we don't lean to our understanding. To lean on the Lord means to trust Him. Mm -hmm. To be sustained in the Lord is to trust Him. To be established in the Lord is to trust Him. We should have our heart established. I'm a, I just want to remind you because thoughts come to all of us. Right? 
A lot of times they're just negative things. You have situations, circumstances, and the thoughts come, and it's like a play, and, and hell has this way of wanting you to read the whole play and take you to the end and give you this dismal how it's going to look at the end. And what's going to happen to you? Well, that can't be from God. He can't give what he doesn't have. God's good. His mercy, Father mercies, endures what? Forever. Hmm. He's called, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Peace is the gift of the Spirit, or is a fruit of your, of your Spirit. Hmm. And if it's, if it's so, all this is going to happen, he tells you, then why don't you just go ahead and do it? Like, you keep on saying this is going to happen, you're going to do it, then go for it. He's good at talking. And he's good in, he, he's good in the flesh department. You, 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 you're not going to combat him and win there. In the sense realm, you, you're going to lose every time. So that walk in the spirit, walk controlled by the spirit, walk with the renewed mind in line with the spirit, and the flesh will not fulfill its assignment against you, and you'll have double shalom peace. Hallelujah. How's God going to fix it? I don't know. It's none of my business. That's why I turned it over to Him. I mean, when, when I've taken my car to build to fix it, I don't, I don't sit in his mailbox for two days and it's like, oh, I hope he can fix it. <laughs> I, I dropped it all up the keys and said, give me a text when it's ready. I don't ever think about it anymore. You know why? I trust Him. Is He going to do you wrong? No, because I trust Him. Can he make mistakes? Yeah, sure, he's human. But it's I trust him. Right? You have to have a certain amount of trust to be put to sleep for an operation. Right? I mean, I don't know if they're going to pull my hair, talk about my mom, slap my dog, or, or whatever. So you have to have a certain amount of trust there. But our, but, our, but our high trust is to be placed in the Lord. Huh? The Father of all mercies. I want to tell you this morning that there's mercy for you. Every day there's new mercies. It's called mercies unlimited. And you'll never reach the end of mercy. Glory to God. So this is a battle for trust of your life and it begins in your mind. The root word shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. It means to be complete. It means to be sound. It means to be whole. Wholeness. I, I noticed I had these feelings the other day and uh, going on physically, and uh, I was just meditating on some of these things. And uh, almost before going to a healing scripture, I just said, I stopped and I said, peace. Peace. And I begin to feel physically the nerves and everything in the body begin to settle down. Hmm? Is it sometimes God's will not to heal? Is it sometimes God's will? Well, does God sometimes even cause it? 
For a reason? To teach us? Does God do both? Well, Jesus had taught all day in Mark chapter 4, what we call the parable of the sower. He got in his boat and he gave a command to go the other side. Now he did that because we know that he only did what the Father told him and showed him. So the will of God was to be on the other side. And Jesus is the will of God, so it's real easy for Jesus to be in the will of God. Oh, he was the will of God. So he got in the boat. He was tired of teaching all day. He had a flesh body. He lay down in the bottom of the ship and he went to sleep. Remember? As they got about midways across, a, a great storm came. Now, different translations, the Amplified said it was of hurricane proportions. Hurricane proportions. Yet Jesus is asleep still in the ship. His disciples are terrified and freaking out. So they woke, they had to wake him up. And the first thing they said to Jesus was, don't you care that we are perishing or that we die? Jesus immediately got up and he rebuked the storm and he, and he said, peace to the storm. See, Jesus lived in a kingdom reality. So he released from what was inside of him, he released peace. God can't give cancer. Jesus couldn't give cancer because he can't release what's not in him. You can't write a billion dollar check today if you're not a millionaire. You can't release it. You can, you can write a check, but it wouldn't be any good if you, if you don't have the funds to back it up. Jesus could back up whatever he released out of his mouth. Hmm? So he released peace into the storms of life. You have storms going on in your life. There's a father of mercy in the double shalom of God here to release peace in your turmoil. See, the, the, the peace of God is not the absence of, of situations or circumstances of turmoil. It's peace in them. You think if I has just have peace, then I'll no longer have to have these situations. No, you probably have three times a month. Huh? The more you walk into things of God, the more you'll be tested in things of God. Some say, well, I'm just going to stay ignorant, Bob. Well, you, okay. <laughs> but stay right there. Amen. Jesus said in this life, you're going to have these situations. Yeah. He said, but be of good cheer. I went ahead of you, overcame every one of them. Yeah. You, came, you became aware of it when you became aware of it. It wasn't news to heaven. So he, he, he releases peace in the storm. Huh? Where he said, in the circumstances, discounted all joy. Huh? When you're being tested and tried, he says, count it all joy. Glory. Count it all joy. Yes. Not, 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 not because he did it and not because of the situation, because you have some inside information that even though the situations is a real situation that's in my life and I, I see it and I sense it and I feel it and I can read it and they tell me about it, I can see it on the x-ray and I hear what they're saying out here, but I got something on the inside greater than anything on the outside and I know I have a peace on the inside, a joy on the inside, a trust on the inside, a confidence on the inside that knows greater than anything that can touch my life. And it can be released. It can be released. So can God ever do this? Does God ever cause this? No. Because he can't. He released peace because he had peace. 
because it had already been decided. You see, he never could release it because he decided 2,000 years ago to heal. The, the, the same payment made for all sin is, is either for all sin or no sin. The same payment made by the blood of Jesus and the bruising of his body was made for all sicknesses or no sicknesses. He decided that 2,000 years ago. I, I bought a truck about a year or something ago, and I put 10, 12,000 miles on it. Just think if I in the morning, I get up and take it back to the deal and say, I decided not to buy this truck. They're going to do what you just did. They're going to say, yeah, right. I like to see how that's going to work. Well, it ain't going to work. I put 12,000 miles on the truck, and I said, I decided I don't, like, I don't want it. What are they going to tell me? Well, they might tell me something like this. You can sell it. You can trade it. You can park in your garage. You can drive it over a cliff. Hmm? You can cut it up in pieces. You can park it in your garage. But what you can't do is decide not to buy it because you already bought it. And Jesus bought your healing 2,000 years ago. He can't decide not to buy it. He chose to save you and you put faith in Him. He doesn't unbuy you. That's not even a word. That's an incorrect way of saying it, but you understand what I'm saying. So my faith is in Him. I have peace in Him. I have peace and harmony with Him in this relationship because He has made me the righteousness of God. Isaiah says, now be established in that righteousness. See, it's one thing to know of a thing. It's another thing to be established. In the ministry, I'm not saying I am now, but in the, uh, in 1995 when I preached my first sermon and I fainted, I wasn't established yet in the ministry. But I'm like the commercial, what is it, Allstate or whatever. We know a thing or two, because man, we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> Before last Sunday, I've missed three services because of not feeling well in 24 years. Now I've missed five. You say, well, you may never have been sick. I didn't say that. I just say the excuses other people use because they got a little... I preached out of and ministered out of to bring comfort and healing and peace to other people. Hmm? See, see, people say, don't be Smith Wigglesworth, but his faith was, this was his faith. I'm not saying it should be your faith or my faith, but his faith was this. No knife is ever going to touch my body. And I got tested because he had multiples of kidney stones, hundreds of them. But most people didn't even realize that for five years he suffered an agony rolling on the floor, sometimes passing out of his own services. And he wore a diaper for five years on the stage and went back to his room soaked in blood. He prophesied his own death to the very weak. He said, it's time for me to go. He said, they want me to come to Europe. They want me to come all over the world. They got their eyes on me, and that's not a God thing. He went to a funeral to have a part in the funeral and just left, left there at the funeral. 
They can't explain it. I don't know if the family asked for it or not, but there's supposed to be an autopsy. You can't have an autopsy without having some incisions. He was the only one that anyone ever heard of in his time or day that they did not do an autopsy on because God honored his word. Okay, then no knife will ever touch your body. In five years, he passed hundreds and hundreds of kidney stones. You, you want to be Smith? He went to the funeral of a six-year-old boy and the, and, and the parents were so distraught. They didn't even have presence of mind. They were weeping and they were weeping. And the boy was six years old and he was in the casket. He asked all the family to go out and asked the father, said, please leave me alone. I want to pray for your son. He didn't tell him what he was doing. He put all the family out. Smith reached down and picked up that six-year-old boy and he held him. He said he laid his head upon his head. And he said, I couldn't pray the prayer of faith, he says, because I was on the earth. And he said, he heard the Holy Ghost said, then come up to the heavens. He said, I went up to heaven and I got a faith that I couldn't find with my feet on the ground. And I brought that faith back down into this room and I came into the living room with that faith. He said, I felt it transmit through my body and down through my arms and through my fingers. And I laid my hands on the boy's head and the boy's eyes popped open and returned him to his father. If you're an ESPN addict, you probably won't be used that way because you're too world conscious. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm talking to me. I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking to me. I'm just saying that's not just a gift or anointing. That's, that's a life. Catherine Kuhlman said, God is not looking for gold vessels or silver vessels. He's looking for a yielded vessel. A yielded vessel. A yielded vessel. So, he's already decided to pay the price. He's not going to undo it. I want to read that verse that we started with and we'll close this morning. Because that's what he wants to do. I want to pray if you want, if you need prayer this morning. You might have already prayed for not undoing what you prayed. Don't pull the faith thing on me. Say, well, I've already prayed and I can't. See, that's one of the worst things that you ever was taught in faith about church. In, in the area of healing, for, for sure. That if we ever get prayer for healing once, we should never get it again. That's wrong. Jesus prayed himself for one man. He was blind and he says, How, how's it look? How's it looking? He says, well, I, I see, but I only see men like trees. Jesus said, okay, pray again. Jesus. He prayed twice for that. John G. Lake would pray. John G. Lake had 100,000 terminal people healed in five years with 13 helpers. And, but they had to sign a deal that we're willing to come every day if necessary for 30 days so that we can transmit life to you. John G. Lake said, I should be able to get it the first time, but I haven't learned how to work with the life of God, this Zoe life, in the way that I should. But I've learned that I can transmit and then add to. I can transmit some more. It's like a brick mason. He'll put a brick, 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 brick. 
So he, he, he found out that he could do that. So he, he trained 13 or 16 people called divine healing technicians. People would come who were all terminal, sick, dying. And in five years, 100,000 terminal people were healed. They asked him, and said, what was your percentage of those who got healed? He said, the, the percentage that got healed was 100% of the people who was willing to come 30 days, every one of them lived. That's either the luckiest man alive. Hmm? So if you have people in your life who have situations, just, just bless them. Double shalom. Quadruple shalom. And you just, you just go inside to speak the peace of God. The peace that passes all understanding. Keep your heart Mind through Christ Jesus. And I just transmit the life of God into you right now in Jesus' name. Peace. Life. I just release healing into your physical body right now in Jesus' name. Hmm? Don't, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. I mean, I don't feel whatever. I mean, I've, I've been with people, they were ready to stop. And I, that's okay, they're in heaven. They were ready to stop. But I get that to a degree now. Hmm? Look, you, you get in enough trouble quick enough, you, you're just looking to get out. You, the logical mind that says, I need to do this and be here for that, all that, it gets enough trouble quick enough, it wants out. You understand? So, Finish here. Grace to you and peace. I'm going back to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Grace to you and peace. Inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed, gratefully, praised and adorned be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts and encourages us in every trouble. Hmm. Comforts and encourages us in every trouble. so that we will be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble with the comfort which we are comforted by God. 